0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Adrian Chukliani. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, the home for faith-driven leaders and investors in pursuit of new streams of passive income through the tried-and-true asset-class commercial real estate. I have conversations with high-performers, investors, and syndicators in the industry that are using their time talent, and treasure to breathe life into and create eternal impacts in their communities. Our goal is to help you build relationships, learn about real estate investing and syndication, and level up one day at a time so that we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Now, let's get to the show. Receive your free access to our seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which also includes access to our new ebook, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications. Inside, you'll learn the basics of commercial real estate, how syndications can be a wiser alternative, a detailed example of forcing appreciation and increasing value on a multifamily property, and benefits of passively investing. Receive access to this course and the book by checking out the show notes or visit stjosephcapital.com. That is S T J O S E P H S C A P I T A L dot com to start your investment journey. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show. This is your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Today we have a phenomenal guest, a good friend, a mentor, and a man that's discipled me along my journey with Christ. David Hickson. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Thank you very much. Adrian, great to see you.
0: Great to see I'll you see
1: too. Hallo aus Deutschland?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, David is a Catholic husband, a father with three young children. He's a focused missionary serving in Germany. He's tried about everything in life, but by God's grace, he's had so much peace to be serving Christ and his church. And I'm so excited to have David on the show today. He was a focused missionary assigned to the Coast Guard Academy during my freshman and sophomore year there. And I'm just super grateful for our relationship uh, because really through him that God called me into a deeper relationship with with his son, Jesus Christ, and just challenged me as a man to live a life of virtue. And he is now living that mission out in Germany. And so, David, it's just an honor to have you. Show today, but um, you know, I mentioned a few things about you and who you are, but I just kind of love to hear from you to share with our listeners a little bit about your story and just who is David Hickson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, uh, I came from a Catholic family from Virginia, I'm the seventh of eight children, and I yeah, we grew up in a community where my parent, where my dad taught at a at a uh, Catholic college, and we were around the faith. And so many of our babysitters became nuns and priests, and married. The different ones got you know married, and they and they had lots of children. And so we we just grew up around a lot of faithful people. Uh, but our just had a rough family situation with my dad, uh, no longer in the picture. And so all of us kind of had our different spurts of, uh, yeah, where we were with faith or where we were with, yeah, trusting God. And um, I I definitely had my desires to, to kind of step up in life. And so I wanted to go into the military and I did. And I tried a lot of different things. I had been on mission, I had gone to school, I had gone to university, everything like that. But um, but I think there was just something really missing in my life that I didn't I even growing up in a Catholic family, uh, we knew all about God and we knew all about the faith, but we didn't, I would say that. Where I am, where I've come to, to be now is like, I didn't know that you could know God personally. And it was after my time in the military, after my time discerning the seminary a couple of times. And after like being in a position where I loved, I was a teacher um, at an all guys school in the DC area. And I had been asked a few years before that uh, to support Two focused Missionaries. Uh, and one of them eventually became a nun. The other one kept being a missionary. Kept having children, and I kept uh, giving more money each year. And eventually, three years into giving money, I I started reading their newsletters, and I started uh, I started picking up their calls when they called to say hello. And that was the relationship that changed my life. And what's a little bit crazy it was uh, it was Dr. Scott Hun's son. Um, who reached out to me and basically over the next year, year and a half, uh, almost discipled me and uh, and helped me as a 27-year-old guy, um, an older guy than he, to know how to pray with scripture. And I would sit down every day. Um, uh, this is all long distance over the phone. And he taught me how to pray with scripture. And that was the beginning of, I would say, my life, um, uh, and a year and a half, two years later, um, I, uh, or the, a year later, I just couldn't stop hearing the call to be a focus missionary and didn't make any sense. I loved where I was. I was a coach. I had my own photography company and I was teaching six years into it Spanish uh, and loved it. I was getting ready to settle down, build a house, but God just was so clear in this call. I was like, to go be a college missionary. I'm an old guy, but so clear. And now 10 years later, here I am in in focus. I met my wife uh, and we've moved seven times in our six years of marriage. Uh, Adrian, you know what that's like as a military guy. And, um, but yeah. And so that's kind of like a little bit about my uh, background and how I came to know christ and and his church and not just know about christ and about the church
0: Hmm. Um, i love it man phenomenal and i think you know your life and story and conversion process through just coming to know christ and the scriptures has transformed so many lives including mine and you, you start to see those seeds being planted having having fruit in your own life and now you're doing awesome work out in Germany and, you know, you have a beautiful family who are also, you know, young little missionaries that I'm sure are just drawing so many souls to, to Christ just by their, just by their joy. And so, they are. but I'm sure that must've taken a lot of courage to, to step out um, in faith to respond to that call that God had planted on your heart, you know, through that missionary that you were supporting and, I'd love to just kind of hear what that process was like for you, you know, deciding to leave uh, the life as a coach, teacher, as a photographer, um, you know, to become a university missionary.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot because on top of it, where I was teaching, they had just the the boss that I had was probably one of the greatest men I've ever respected and honored Alvaro and and he had. He had called me into his office and had helped me just realize, he's like, David, we want to keep you here long term. We want to pay for your master's and your doctorate. And it was just like, it was right about this time of all this stuff going down. I was like, how can I turn that down? Just like I would never leave something that I love. Like, why would I do that? Uh, But I decided just to pray with it for Months and talk about it just with my spiritual director because I was like, I know if I brought it to my family, they'd be like, "What is wrong with you? You love where you are." But it came down to the point where I just—I actually went back, I, I, talking with my spiritual director about it. I went back to my boss, Alvaro, and I just said, "Alvaro, I just, yeah, I—I um, I really feel called to go be a missionary." And he's like, "David, this is not what I want to hear." And I just, I had like this gut feeling in me, like, ah, another guy I'm letting down in life, that feeling a little bit before in life. And he's like, but it's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. And if this is what he wants, then get out of here. And he literally said it like that. And that was the most freedom I'd ever felt as a, as a Christian man, as a Catholic man. and And he just said, just go to the interview weekend. Just go put your heart into it. And it was just that it was, it was that beginning. So I went and just the interview process itself, the questions changed my life, like, in in the sense of what they asked, like, they really care for people, they just really care that that we would be genuine and real in what our hearts desires are, and, and helping other people understand that as being a missionary. So I came away from the weekend just saying, okay, like, I would do this, but will they say yes? I have no clue. So I came back and I was like, they said, oh, we'll give you a call back in about two weeks. This was on Monday that I had a, a, a spiritual direction, you know, just to talk about it. And, and I just said, he just said, oh, they'll call back in two weeks. And he said, well, what's your decision? And I said, oh, I'm just waiting for their call. And he said, no, nope. you need to talk with our Lord. Don't, don't just like, you need to be confident. And so he just said, go down chapel and pray, just talk with him. And so I did. And it was so clear to say yes. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm gonna have to sit on this for a while. And I kid you not, a half hour later, I get a call that says, David, Focus would love to offer you a position. This was two days later. And uh, uh, but it was two days later after I got back from the interview weekend. And so it was a half an hour after I made the decision. And I just simply said, yes. And I was like, what did I just say? I did not... But there was a piece that came over me that I'd never had. And it was like, okay, I need to do this. But I didn't want to then enter into what it meant to be a missionary, which was fundraising your own salary, which is then having no idea where I was going to be moving and going on a dating fast. It was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But there was a piece about going and I'd made the decision. And I just said, you've got to help me to finish out where I am this last half of the year as a teacher uh, to, um, to go with all my heart and to love it. And, and he blessed that. And I wound up having some of the students that I actually taught in high school the next year in discipleship, which was wild. Some of my own students went to university of Virginia where I was assigned. And that just started this wild road <laughs> that had been very challenging and that yeah, I've wanted to jump ship sometimes and then be like, and then our Lord always is like, you can, you're free. Just like Alvaro said to me, you're free to go. But he's like, do what you want, do what you, what you feel called to. And 10 years, I still am here with my wife and children.
0: Well, it's, it's definitely a beautiful yes that you gave to the Lord. And I'm very grateful for that. And because your yes has translated into my life and i think you know in a big way and yeah i just am very grateful for that yes and the many yeses uh that that were to follow in your relationship with with god along this journey you talked about the being a missionary itself and so i just like to ask you know what is it what does a university campus missionary do
1: Good question. I have no idea. <laughs> Not kidding. Uh, uh, it is a hard question to answer. Um, but it is. You know, I've been 10 years in it. I often think I could tell you exactly when someone asks as a teacher or, or whatever position I ever had, I could tell you. But this is a lot to do with just prayer. Uh, that we as a team, uh, it's usually teams of four, two guys and two girls. This year, we're five of us in Germany. And like, First of all, you know, just as in any corporation, any organization, any team you have forming, storming, norming, performing uh, that is there. And so like in order for us to kind of be at that other end of the performing, like we have to be there in the forming. Okay, we have to form this team and we don't know each other this year. We have an Irish guy, an Austrian girl, a German girl a Californian, and then a redneck like me from Virginia, backwoods. That's five completely different, I say redneck because I'm Hickson, son of a Hick, but, uh, but it's just like five completely different cultures, but it's been beautiful. Um, just to share about our team here, it just, it takes a lot to get to know each other, share life, and then we just, we pray a lot. We pray every day, our holy hour together, and do intercessory prayer each week for all the people that we come to know. And uh, and then we have formation as a team from focus side that continues the development spiritually, psychologically. We do a lot with philosophy, theology, and stuff like that. All beautiful stuff. And we go through Bible studies together. And then we have outreach events that we do. Like we'll go out onto campus and we'll just meet people. Hey, and ask them, ask them questions about life, like perks, the interest, and those those change by what we pray about. Like, what are the questions that we should ask today? You know, who should we meet today? And then we also, we once we get to know people, we meet them just on the university. Uh, we call it barehanding, talking in person, face-to-face, just going up and straight up saying, Hey, I'm David. What's your name? People are just like, but we've had plenty of students who've become who have come to God, uh, who have become missionaries, who have become priests, who have crazy stories like that. That's that's one way. Then there's another way that like we, I'm a sport guy. I play sports. I get to meet guys and you just build relationships like you would with anyone. If you go to a gym, you see the same people over and over and eventually, hey, I see you here all the time. What do you do? Da, da, da. What are you studying? And oh, I don't study. I'm a, I'm a missionary. Oh cool, what do you do? And then, but you've, you've seen each other a lot and there's just a trust and then you also meet people that come to the student masses that we have or for the retreats that we set up or the conferences and you just get to meet people and gradually that increases. And then I spend so much of my time uh, meeting one-on-one with these students uh, and it just, you're just building relationships and what's very different here in Europe than it is in the U.S., I could literally meet. I remember at the Coast Guard Academy, like people had half hour windows or an hour window, but that wasn't just because it was a military school. That's kind of a US way, like, hey, short, quick, to the point, even Bible study sometimes. And I could meet eight, nine, 10 students a day here, maybe two a day maximum, because when someone gives you time, it's four, five, six hours at a time. Uh, literally, like friendship is just different. And so in the US, I when I first met Adrian, it was just like, yeah, let's go get some maybe it was because he's like, I just want to talk with a civilian, you know, a civvy, but he said, Yeah, right on the spot. But over here, people are just like, No, not yet. Not yet. They're, they're just like, Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And at first, it's like, Okay, do they not like me, but they're actually looking for a day that they can block out three hours, four hours, five hours, which is very different. So yeah, um, a lot of one on one time and team time, and then building of relationships in the diocese and et cetera. So,
0: got it. No, thank you. And then just, it's just a lot uh, of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are extremely busy trying to learn a new culture, learn German, serve your family. But on top of this, you're out there uh, leading students in, in Bible study, leading them to, to Christ to have that encounter. No, it's yeah, all of it
1: is with the goal to invite them into Bible studies and then help to invite them back into the sacraments, the church, the life of the church. And once it's that, then it's like they're not dependent upon us. We want to help them to be dependent on Christ here in the university and beyond. Hopefully, that's Adrian
0: to zoom out to a little bit, just this one mission that you're part of there in Germany, but focus has countless missions all across the world now with different college campuses or international missions are you able to speak to what focus is and what the mission of focus is.
1: Mm-hmm. I just said a little bit there that, you know, it's the the focus mission statement is to know Christ Jesus and to make him known. Um, and St. Paul talks about that a lot of just, uh, it's just about us sharing the gospel. Woe to woe to me if I do not share the, the preach the gospel. Uh, so it's just like to know him and to make him known. And so that's what we, that's what it is. It's a missionary. We spend so much time getting to know him and, and helping him to be known. But focus itself, uh, would you like to know like kind of the background to focus and how it was founded or uh, that
0: a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. If you're able to share. Yeah. A bit about
1: yeah town. so our founder Curtis Martin was uh, a wild Catholic guy coming into LSU uh, Louisiana State University goat Tigers. and uh, and he came in you know Southern Californian Catholic and pretty quickly lost his faith, stopped going anything to mass and eventually was really taken under his wing uh, by certain guys who were in like the evangelical groups. uh, And one was an evangelical university missionaries that that took him under the wing, invited him into Bible studies, everything like that. And and after he graduated from college, he was still very kind of more in the Protestant way, but came back uh, to the church and wound up going and studying for his master's uh, under Scott Hahn at Franciscan University. And in that time, just was like, why is there not something like this Catholic missionary organization for the Catholics uh, out there? Because it's so beautiful what they did. But as he fell in love with his faith again, he just said, you know, we need to help people in this way. So that's a short, quick story. This is, I think, the 26th year focus. And and since then, it's basically uh, the idea is that a bishop will invite a focused team uh, into their diocese, onto a specific university with a university chaplain. We work hand in hand with the Catholic chaplaincy, what, in whatever form that is. And we like, there are always students that will come like good Holy Adrian, he came to the Catholic mass and, and that's how I got to meet him. Uh, but then we met many other people when I was at the Coast Guard Academy, for instance, that didn't come to mass. And eventually some of them did start coming to mass and some of them did come into the church. Some of them did come into Bible studies and then some didn't, but it's just, it's, uh, we get invited to a university in the teams of four, as I said, and we just, we just create opportunities to meet students and all with the purpose of helping them to come to know Christ and help them to be dependent upon Christ, not just on us, uh, And and that's primarily through our Bible studies, through mission trips. Adrian, you came to Nicaragua uh, with me and, uh, and your wife came to Asia with me, uh, which is awesome. Uh, But those are some of the ways. And then through some of our uh, focus conferences, you came to that as well. And uh, yeah. And then after focus, after you graduate, there's a focus alumni community as well for people who have, ever participated in anything that they can be a part of. So, um, yeah, all the, all with the desire to help people to come to know Christ in a deeper way and help and help them help others to know Christ as well. So.
0: Right on. Yeah. David. And then, uh, you mentioned, uh, the different missions of focus and you've been a part of several, whether it's being at the Coast Guard Academy or being at the Naval Academy or, you know, being in Graz or, uh, Dusseldorf in Germany, where where you're at now, what are some of the differences between serving the mission in the States versus serving the mission there in Europe?
1: How long do you have? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I'd say the biggest difference, it's funny I want to say it in German because I'm asked this all the time in German, but I need to try and think it in English, is like the biggest is just the, the difference in relationship uh, mm. in I think in the U.S., literally, you can walk into a grocery store and someone could be wearing a shirt of your favorite team, and you could become best friends in no time. Be like, dude, that is just so awesome, and and that just doesn't happen here. You, there's not anything that just clicks. You know, maybe unless soccer, football, you know, team here, and people have had a lot to drink. And then they're all of a sudden best friends. But I'm talking like on a normal basis, it takes months. You know, people have three friends, maybe four friends. So when an organization such as Focus is built on friendship, we call, we talk about authentic friendship, it actually is offensive in the German language to use the word authentische Freundschaft, like authentic friendship, because they're like, if you have a friend they should be authentic, you know, but in the, in the U S there's something very different of like, you have your friends that you, that from home, you have your friends that you have from university. You have your friends from school. You have your friends that you drink with. You have your friends that you go to game with. You have many different than you have your Facebook friends. You have your Instagram friends, but you call everybody friends here. You can actually ruin a relationship. If you say, hey, he's my friend, and you actually haven't talked about it. Uh, And, uh, and that's been something very different to learn. And, um, and we talk about like, building a friendship uh, in the US it's like, yeah, we're just building friendships here. That's just such a foreign concept. So that changes the way everything is. And so people here are just like, in the US, I think there's more of an open that when someone comes in, it's not just critic, you're not they're, you're not being critiqued from the get-go, but here, the the in the German-speaking world where I've been in Europe, is you're critiqued. You're basically guilty until proven innocent, um, and so, no. uh, so that's that takes a, a lot of time, a lot more time to, uh, and plus the language difference. Um, uh, but four years in now, I'm uh, I've been able to, yeah, I can speak with them about all these different things. So there's a lot, but.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for sharing. And then David, I know you mentioned earlier that you, I think you said you moved it was six or seven times in the last five or six years. What's it like leading your wife and your, and your three children through those changes and, and in this mission, how has that experience been for you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's say, in so many ways, um, once we moved to Austria, our first kind of step here, uh, almost four years ago, it it almost seemed like we were we were living a pretty kind of detached life in, in the U.S. and and very simple life and everything like that. But since we moved here, it was like oh, he's asking for a whole different level. One of the it's it's a kind of discernment because you know you we we're, we're not none of us are in our home place. Our own only home place is heaven, but you can have those homey feeling, not like Adrian homey, but like, uh, but the homey feeling, you know, you and I from Virginia and just you say the word Virginia and boy, it brings a smile to our hearts. Um, And so uh, that idea that's still there, um, but there's just something that, that God has really helped us in our discernment that like as if we're growing in holiness, if we're really, if, if, we're, if we're growing, when I say that it means like in virtue and in love for each other and our children, you know, God, um, neighbor in the world, it's like, um, then, then why, like, should we leave this? I don't think so. So there's a constant discerning that is there. And, and I'd say uh, with, with where our hearts are, and it's not an easy decision. Uh, Always with, you know, the wife and children because it's at home, we speak three different languages. Uh, So it's just that can complicate things naturally. But I think us leading each other, I think as a missionary family, we just have so many more opportunities. The kids play mass because I go to mass all the time and they come, they play adoration, they open up the doors and they, and they know more about the Bible than I. Did till I was in my mid twenties, and I the way I lead my family now is not just come up and say, "Hey, you're being jealous, or you're doing this." It's just like, who in the Bible would you say was jealous? And they're like Joseph's brothers, they and they answer with scripture, you know, because they know the Bible. Actually, in German, English, and Spanish, we do we have it all, and that is amazing. And then Lynn and I, we get to pray with scripture. Just on anything, just on on the daily readings, or just when when times are tough, it's just Lord, and just do doing lectio divina together. So it's all integrated our life as missionaries and our family life. Uh, and as you said earlier, I think the kids are some of the best missionaries. That they people just come up and just say like, yes, people just don't reach out to us like this and love us like this, but your kids just trust and there's something beautiful to there. So, yeah,
0: that is extremely beautiful. And I think that, you know, you are setting a really true example of what it means to, to be a man and to be that husband and that father who is responding to that call, that responsibility to lead their family in the faith and to, to form them along the way. And I'm seeing you and Linda, on mission constantly is doing you know tremendous work in their hearts I'm sure, and mm-hmm. you know it's like we were talking about earlier with the seeds that are being planted and like I know your your children are are gonna grow up to be to be living saints that the world's got gotta watch out for and and I'm excited to see you and your family just you know continue on this journey and it's it's definitely an example for myself and my wife as well so I, yeah, I just thank you you know for for the gifts. That you and your your family are to to us and you encounter, but uh, yeah, David, we're you know, to God. <laughs> we're coming to the end of the show, but I just like to uh, offer you the opportunity to you know share with our listeners if uh, open up to where they could reach you at. That'd be that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, anyone can go on the Focus website and find a missionary and look up the Hickson family, and there's a way there. But there's also even. I think, uh, God has provided beautifully for our family through wonderful, generous supporters like yourself, Adrian, thank you. Um, and, uh, there is like a way to support missionaries in need who are not able to, uh, fundraise their total salary. And I think that's a great option and opportunity as well. And if anyone would be interested in that, I could connect them with, uh, yeah, even missionaries that I know, uh, that are in support so going to the focus website focus.org, and uh and choosing there's an option up top of donate and donate to a mission missionary or to focus uh, and i think there's still the option to donate to a missionary so. all
0: right david well thank you thanks for your time today and uh it's been it's been a pleasure and super blessed that we had the opportunity to have you on the show today Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the St. Joseph's Capital. Thank you for listening to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, brought to you by St. Joseph's Capital. St. Joseph's Capital works with investors nationwide investing in real estate while also donating 50% of profits to assist missionaries who are committed to sharing the hope and joy of the gospel with high school and university students around the world. St. Joseph's Capital creating impact, one investor, one missionary, and one student at a time. Connect with us online at stjosephscapital.com to receive free access to our new seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which includes our new book, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications, which you can also receive access for free. This information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only. It is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent laws that apply to these facts.